It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Friday, 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 Friday. It's Cofield and Company. Willie Ramirez is the company. We'll have uh, cool news for you later on as one of our hometown heroes just hit his first career home run in the major league, so we'll get to that. Uh, Raiders quarterback talk is the – that was one of the nice discussions, interesting discussions yesterday uh, with uh, availability. Check that Wednesday. No, yesterday. With availability with the Raiders. Uh, and the media is uh, a lot of the Devontae Adams car combo talk and Hunter Renfro talking about Devontae Adams and what he's brought to the team and some of the l- new leadership, which we'll get to in the Big Five. So let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Well, pretty cool college basketball story. And, you know, we've seen this building over the last couple of years. And now the last thing Gonzaga has to do is actually break through and win a national title. But. What happened yesterday uh, was neat because Julian Strother, hometown hero, decided to go back to Gonzaga. Drew Timmy, I don't think was getting great messages from the NBA about you know being a second-round draft pick, so he's going to go back. Um, this is very much a throwback-type roster where we used to have teams build for three and four years. And then Gonzaga also added one of the best transfers in the transfer portal, a uh, guy at uh, UT Chattanooga who was averaging uh, 20 points a game a year ago. So Gonzaga is loaded again. So I know you're very close with the Strother. So I wonder what went into the decision and just how close Julian was to being guaranteed a first round promise and leaving Gonzaga. He had some workouts, um, which I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to divulge where um, that's not for me to put out there. But he did have, you know, some some they bring him they bring them in for private workouts. Um, he did go to. The he didn't go to the official combine. He was he was out there when they when they sort of play the pickup games um, and all that. But he had suffered a little bit of an injury, which wasn't major or anything. It just instead of for, tr- trying to risk anything, but it didn't hurt his chances because he had really done a lot of impressive workouts. And when they're doing the practices and they're all together, of course, he was one of the was it seventy five I believe that that are invited. Um, but. He, they were basically told he was 40 to 50. They're 60 draft picks. He was told 40 to 50. Um, the agent that they brought on board um, basically said there are a couple of th- mid-30s to high 30s, between 32, 35, 38. You know, they hear, you hear the different numbers thrown around, but there's nothing ever guaranteed. That's the bottom line. But yeah. it was all second round. Now, and I said this on Wednesday when he made the announcement because Adam and I uh, talked about it on the air. Um, and Timmy hadn't made his announcement. They had until 11.59 Eastern time um, to, to make their announcement. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Timmy may have done his like around 8.38. Real dramatic, of course. But, um, and, and I made this point, and I'm going to make it again. You know, 
um, Lee and I talk like, you know, brothers. We're, we've, we've got, that's, his, that's Julian's father. We go back many years, all the way back to 1985. And I've never pressed for information. I've never asked for inside information. He offers what he wants. We talk just in a general. Sometimes he, he asks for, you know, what it, perspective from a media standpoint, you know. But we always keep it as best of friends. And I've never really asked him about financing in terms of, you know, other than what's the garden variety pay for a 40 to 50, a 30 to 40, a 20 to 30. The one thing that I've never asked, because I don't want to know that way, if, it, if something were to ever get out there, it's not on my shoulders. But I would have to imagine, Steve, that when you are a talent like Julian Strother in a small town like Spokane, that the number one thing in Spokane, Washington is Gonzaga basketball, that... NILs, I'm pretty sure he'll probably be taken care of. I would have to imagine mm -hmm. it's going to rival the 40 to 50 range that he'd be guaranteed in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what it is. And again, I don't want to know because I don't want to be, I don't want to cross well, that I, of my, with my friendship. I'll tell you what, I like what Gonzaga is doing, and I think this is the way they should be doing it. Yeah. Um, you, I don't think it's anyone's business. I don't know that you need to announce it. If Because no. within the player circles, they know that there's NIL money, and I'm sure this Malachi Smith from UTC, yeah. I'm sure he's getting something. I'm sure Timmy's getting something. Um, the flip side of it is the absurdity of these football coaches who continue to piss and moan, and maybe he thinks he's just, hey, I'm just being open about it, but Ryan Day, the Ohio State coach, said the other day, he started naming prices for players. They're just being a-holes at this point. And well, I saw Jay Billis a while ago, because Jay Billis sent out a tweet, and Jay you know, played college basketball. He's big um, – He's actually in favor of the players, unlike Kirk Herbstreet, who's one of those guys who whines about, oh, the good old days. Um, Billis got on Ryan Day. I think it was Ryan Day, you know, indirectly. But Billis said, oh, now we need some sort of fixed system, right, for the players and the money they get. But coaches, the salaries continue to go up and up and up and up. And everything else is unregulated when it comes to pulling in the money and doling out the money. But now that the players are here, we've got Ryan Day saying – you know, oh, it's going to be $2 million for us to get a quarterback and a million to get an elite offensive lineman. Cut it out. Cut it out. You know Stop making the is? players the bad guys. Yeah. Well, you know whose fault that is? His. Because now you put it out there. You yeah. just said. if you the, And we, we brought this up. I think we talked oh, about it last I'm week. I'm just being honest. If you put okay, the price bro. tag out there, then guess what? You've now set the demand just like – and we used this example last week. It was you and I, I think one week ago today, we talked about this just like – when Devontae Adams set the standard for wide receivers with the Raiders, the price tag is out there. You coaches that are putting it out there, complaining, whining, oh, well, it's going to take us money. Guess what? Now it's really going to cost you that. What if you would have come out and said, hey, we got to come out with a fat 500000 Well, at least you lowered the standard. But when you say $2 million, now these kids are going to expect it because you put the price tag in their head. Number four. So the Aces are out to this unbelievable start. Uh, there's been some good crowds at times, but other nights, you know, there'll be 1,800, 2,000, 2,200 in the building. I know the Tuesday game this week, they actually did a ticket special on, and they got a really good crowd, right? Yeah, it was a good crowd. It was decent. Yeah. It was better than last night, and I'm trying to gauge it where where, where we sit. You were there that uh, one night where you look across, you don't see as many. It's, it's, I've it's rarely seen that side packed. Um, other probably be prior pandemic and then playoff games. Yeah, especially the year that they they played the Mystics in the in the final in the um, playoffs, not the the NBA uh, WNBA final. Now I kind of gauge it if they open that side that they that end. Um, 
if they pull the seats out and they because they need a crowd there and they needed it Tuesday. I don't believe they had that that section pulled out last night. But yeah, the other day they had ten dollar seats and then the second ticket half price. So fifteen bucks for two people to go see right. a WNBA game. And right. as I said earlier, some of the best players in the world. Raiders owner Mark Davis owns the Aces. He says we have a lot of work to do. And what does that mean? I think with marketing, but I also think that. By the way, I'll, I'm glad you just said marketing. I'm not trying to get on what they do with the Aces. Yeah. Did you know about the uh, the ten dollar? You know, whatever it is buy one get one half off. I didn't. Do you think if I knew about it, we would have had it on the air? Oh, in a heartbeat, all right? the whole game, right? Or the whole day, the, the, whole, the whole day, show. the whole day leading in, and, show, and, yeah. and 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 well, we weren't on Monday. Um, no. I think I think I will say just my my feedback in for for people around town. Sometimes the flow of information on specials and t- and all this isn't always the greatest. So it's on, you know, communication um, on the Lotus end. And the only reason I mention it, and like I'm taking, you know, we're taking ownership of this is we run a lot of the play-by-play for these teams. So right. well, um, it- I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't know they were doing a two for one. I don't know how many people around town knew there was a two for one or whatever, you know, buy one, buy one, uh, get one half off. Um, the other thing is there was, again, I saw the discussion of, cause we've talked about this a lot with UNLV sports and I always hear different excuses and, I saw um, Chris Matthews from Channel 8 uh, talk about the venue itself, and I thought this was really interesting. He said that a lot of families don't want the hassle of going to the strip, fighting traffic, paying for parking, and walking through a casino. I, To me, of all the, the venues here, Mandalay is so unique. Did you see my reply? And I didn't, hold on a second. Okay. For the audience, though, if you if you I think most people have been to Mandalay Bay um, and maybe from the east side, it's a little bit tougher. I don't I don't know. I just know from the west side, you can kind of go in the back entrance on Hacienda or Russell, and it's pretty, pretty easy to get in and out of the, the parking thing. Listen, maybe so for the aces, what you want free parking? I mean, that's not going to happen because they're at a strip property. And so then the suggestion was made, well, let's play, have them play in Henderson, right? At the DLC. You don't think they're going to charge something for parking there as well? And I would argue the walk, because I, I mean, I worked in Mandalay Bay for a long time in the sports book at the, at the studio there, right? For a long time. I would argue that the parking garage at Mandalay Bay and the walk through the restaurants and around the corner to the arena is actually much shorter than most arenas and their parking lot just to get to the front door you're not walking through the casino either no you're not even you're not even i mean I, I, I mean how many and that's the other one how many people in vegas are like oh my god my kids they can't be around you know slot machines and ta- like and you're not walking through the casino it's no. basically a food court with a bunch of restaurants up a hall to the arena I don't understand that objection. Maybe maybe Chris has heard from people, and we'll get Chris on next week. Maybe he's heard from people. That's their big objection. But I think if that's an excuse, I don't think you want to go in the first place. I think Chris was putting it out there as a possible. I don't think that he's heard that because if he has, then he's hearing it from people that have never attended a game because there's no way. I don't care where you're coming from in this town. You're going to park in the parking garage behind Mandalay Bay. If you're valeting, you're going behind. You're going in those doors by the, uh, the the Italian restaurant that's there, the when it first opened, remember the old, I always call it just the old Rum Jungle because that was the original yeah. nightclub. Yeah. But it's one of the easiest parking garages to get into on the strip. It's and you know me, how many times you know if I told you I said, nah, I'm not coming down there. I'm not getting paid. I'm not driving into town for that game. And that's I, I just don't want to ha- be hassled with. 
driving in 35 minutes to go to but for these games it's very simple you're off rank sinatra drive you go in the back side of the of the garage you hit the instead of instead of following the traffic into the second floor go to the third it's wide open and by the way the other night 15 bucks to get in two people $15 parking if you're there for the entire game. Okay, so you're in for 30. Isn't that what parking costs for a Golden Knights game? So, and what's it cost for? Uh, I've driven down a back way, my back way that I go to the Raiders games, as you approach each parking lot down uh, um, Russell, as you get closer, the further back it's the first one, $30. Then one more block, $40. Then one more block, $50. Then right before Crazy Horse 3, where the after parties are. Uh, $60. So these parking, uh, that the other night, 30 bucks for two tickets and parking and the concessions I'm sure are fine. It's uh, it's not, it's, it's not bad. And they're going to have their facility. They're going to have, a, it's a beautiful facility that they're building. It's right next door to the Raiders facility. They're obviously not going to be playing there, but if they decide to move to the dollar loan center, or if they decide to move venues, go to Orleans, go to whatever, the bottom line is you're right. You're going. It's 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 a very simple walk. It's not that bad, and it's not a bad arena. Well, it's a great arena. The only, thing, the only, like, thing, for, the only yeah. thing for me, the only thing for me last night is where press row is for us. Is you, the front row on that side is right, literally right. Like if somebody wants to read what I'm writing on Devon, they can just look over my shoulder. So. And last night they were letting the, the Connecticut Sun hear it, and because it was such a physical game, yeah. and there was there were a couple there's some people, loud fans there, a couple of fans there. Yeah. I was like, okay, calm down. You're, I mean, Dewana Bonners. I mean, she did get hurt. They're loud, they're scoffing at her for getting hurt, and then when the aces got or for faking getting hurt, but when the aces got hurt, they're like, hey, 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 our players are getting hurt. Number three. You know, one more thing on this. I think there's also a debate here. What's most important for the WNBA and the Aces? Is it the gate or is it tv deals expansion down the road is it an image they're trying to present and would that change by going to what we would call the burbs because the other point on this one willie is if you're at the game on tuesday tom brady and the other quarterbacks were in town for the match and is tom brady and Dwayne wade last week and some of the other you know big name people who come out to games are they going to go out to an arena that's off the strip like how how much value like it's not going to help you at the gate in that moment but how much value does the convenience of being on the strip bring the wnba and the aces i think it's i think it's a reputation since the aces arrived because rest his soul kobe bryant was a frequent visitor mm-hmm. during the nba summer league the nba players would come in to watch their rookies they all come to the aces games lebron james would come to the aces games so it's it's a why? Because it's easy to you you don't think that those guys say, Hey, is it easy access for us to get in, get out, you know what I mean? Right. And and uh Bill Lambert's daughter, Carrie Lambert, she handles a lot of that, escorts them in. They do a great job in taking care of the MVPs. They do a great job of escorting them in, getting them and you know what? They wave. Tom Brady, he was walking out, he walked right by us, he was waving to the kids, waving to people. So I mean Yeah, I think it's a convenient spot and I I, I think you're right. They move them to the to the burbs. Yeah, you might lose that. Number two. Boy, it's gotten quiet around the Golden Knights. Nothing on the coach. And 
uh, there's a little break here and they start getting back into it. Like we're getting close to uh, what development camp and, you know, starting to think about the roster and, you know, the station group Lotus Broadcasting had Riley Smith on a couple of times, a couple of weeks ago. He's an unrestricted free agent. Are you starting to kind of think about who may go to clean up the roster, you know, add to it, but clean up some of the salary? I'm thinking about some interesting conversations I've had with people in the organization, out of the organization, things that make sense, um, ideas around the coaching. And I'm wondering if that's what they're waiting on. Um, the two names that have been thrown at me were obviously Barry Trotz, but then also Rick Tockett. Um, is, is, are we hearing crickets because the team is, they're sitting back waiting for Trotz to be patient as to what he wants to do. But also, once TNT's coverage is done, Rick Tockett, he's done, right? Then, then it's all ESPN. And so maybe they're waiting for that too. And then they could decide what they want to do because how, you know, yes, Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee are making the decisions as to who's coming to go home, but they generally are going to still at least consult with the coach as to what they want to build around. You're not getting rid of Jack Eichel. You're not getting rid of Mark Stone. You know who your somewhat your 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 stars are going to be, but you also want the coach to say, "Well, I, I'd like to keep this. I think we could do this with this." So, I think that that's what they're waiting on. Coming up, let's talk about Chandler Jones. I thought he was one of the stars of the media access. Uh, the other day for the Raiders. I think he's going to be one of the guys that, uh, you know, that crew leans on to speak during the week and after games. And I love his enthusiasm and uh, the messages he's given off about coming in here and now trying to compete. He's a proven veteran. He's got over 100 sacks. But using Max Crosby as a measuring stick, I think is a great message to the rest of that defense. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers been injured call justin watkins at battle born injury lawyers 570-9000 there's a line drive base hit into right center field in comes guriel in comes altuve here comes alex bregman he's gonna score a bases clearing double by jordan alvarez gives the astros the lead in the ninth you're listening to cofield and company on espn las vegas Astros TV there. That was a couple days ago. The A's losing again, and that time they blew it in the ninth by giving up four runs. And we haven't really talked about the A's story uh, at all, but they've been pathetic. They've lost 17 of the last 20 at home. And the reason I, I, I caught this, again, we were talking about Chris Matthews, one of our buddies in town, TV side of things, Channel 8. Get out. The A's have now lost 17 to 20 in their Cavaliers confines of the Coliseum. The overall record, 7 and 20, is the worst in the majors at home. Uh, being outdrawn by the AAA team here. And then he uh, he goes the smart Alec route and says, thank goodness that, quote, gross mess isn't in Vegas. Hashtag rooted in Oakland. Come on, bro. I mean, talk about kicking them while they're down. But, hey, if you know what? Ca- you know, the, uh, the mayor, mayor of Oakland is the one who started this, talking about the gross desert. And meanwhile, the stripped down A's are really having a tough time. If the Oakland A's weren't going through what they were going through and they were playing it, I'm not saying they're tanking. But when you 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 sort of meld into the environment that you're in, if you are, you know, if you're going to hold a pity party for yourself, you're probably going to perform less than you're capable of. If you lack confidence in what you can do, well, the A's obviously 
confidence in their organization right now, and it's showing and sort of evolving through their play. If they were in Las Vegas or if they were in better situation, maybe they would be playing better. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure that organization would do what the other organizations, major league organizations are doing here, where Bill Foley and Mark Davis want to win. They also want kind of the ego boost of, you know, bringing in big names. And we'll see who VGK winds up with as a head coach, right? We saw it with Mark Davis uh, bringing in Becky Hammond to coach the Aces. He got a big name coach in Josh McDaniels. They've gone out and gotten Devontae Adams. And Chandler Jones, who's a really interesting guy. Give me a little Chandler Jones here as he's talking about, you know, blending in and working hard. And it's funny that you're saying that because this is my first time hearing about, you know, guys are following and leading. But that's just how I approach my job. Um, and, you know, if guys are following, that's a good thing. Like I said before, hey, Chandler's running to the ball. Why not? I run? Why, why can't I run to the ball? That, I, I'm very admired by that, that guys are leading. But like I said, this isn't over yet. And like I said, the season hasn't started. So hopefully I can, I can keep doing that. And, you know, hopefully they can be contagious throughout the team. What do you think of Chandler Jones? I mean, I, you know, there's been multiple conversations with him now. Interesting guy. Yes, I walked out with one of the colleagues and, and of course, my AP assistant. And I said that I cannot wait to cover this guy more. That was my feature yesterday for the Associated Press. I think he was fantastic. And I think that um, he is very poignant. I think that he is very, uh, just as I wrote and everybody said the word humble, and I think that he is very genuine and I love everything about what he brings to this team from a mental standpoint, an emotional standpoint and a physical standpoint. Oh, he's already been pushing me. Uh, and it's, it's, it's insane almost to this point where, where I am in my career, you know, being 11 years in or going into my 11th season, uh, there's been there's been a few times in this camp now where I see Max you know running to the next drill and I'm kind of like I gotta go faster look at Max he's already over there you know and I, he's younger than me but like I said he's he's pushed me in that in that sense already so um, I'm excited to rush him like he was a huge reason why I came to Las Vegas too is one of the the main reasons why I came to play with him so uh, I, I get giddy even talking about him so well he's probably out there waiting for me now that's my boy. And I know there are people who are listening to that and they're like, well, I mean, of course. I mean, well, you Chandler Jones, you know, of course he wants to keep up with Max Crosby. That's just what you do. Is it what you do? Does everyone do that at your workplace? No. Right? It, it's it, not an automatic. Does everyone do that on every sports team? No. And, no. And, and, and leading by example is not always embraced by other – some people look at it and be like, dude, it's OTAs. Calm down, Max. Okay. You're trying to make us look bad. Like there are people who take that. Listen, in baseball, think about the way Bryce Harper, when he first came into major the major, the way he was greeted at times because he ran out every freaking infield fly. Uh, you know, he's on an opportunity to, to scoop and throw to the plate. He's do he's freaking you know doing that twirl a somersault. And there were actually people who were like, "Bruh, you got to calm down." It's like Vince it's not, and it, Invincible. It's not always taken the right way. And I, I think that's cool, though, that Crosby's like, hey, you know, and, and Crosby just got paid. So yeah. he doesn't – I mean, Crosby could walk around, yeah, he, he be all say, cocky. Hey, this is my team. Yeah. But you know what he said? He said, I'm constantly asking him questions, Crosby said. The cool thing about Chandler is he's one of the most humble dudes I've ever met, super humble for the things he's done. He asks me stuff all the time, and it throws me off because I look at his career, and that's something I aspire to do. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Car looks in that direction, forced out of the right.
Detroit got a slam first down, dodge end zone. Jackpot, baby! Jackpot with Hunter Renfro. Yes, sir. Hunter Renfro cut the slant, broke the tackle, and made his way to the end zone. And for the first time today, the Raiders take the lead. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Let's continue talking Raiders. Oh, yeah. It's June 3rd, but, you know, the NFL is king. And there's been a bunch going on with the Raiders with all the new faces around OTAs. It looks like the attendance is pretty strong. We want to get into the topic of just how important this time of year is, especially with a new coach. You know, we talked the defensive side of the ball with former Raider Stanford Route last hour. Let's bring a guy who played quarterback, got some prominent minutes uh, with the Raiders. Of course, a Penn State guy, a Big Ten guy. He's doing Sirius XM radio, and he's nice enough to give us a couple minutes here in the summer. It's Matt McGloin up on Cofield & Company. How you doing, Matt? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you guys having me on. Looking forward to talk Raiders football. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. First of all, what are you doing with your summer? Uh, yeah, no, actually been a busy, it'll start to slow down now, though, a little bit now that we're out of, uh, you know, spring football, spring games have ended. Um, you know, we're talking a lot. I, again, I work for SiriusXM, ESPNU, Big Ten Radio. I do a few things for Big Ten Network as well, and I host a Penn State football-related podcast um, as well. So a lot of NIL right now, talking a lot about recruiting, coaching, contracts, salaries, transfer portal, a, a, lot, a lot of that stuff right now that is just completely opposite. Uh, of talking about actually you know, the game itself, um, you know, I'm more. Uh, I really enjoy breaking the game down, previewing the game, things like that. So, uh, you know, but again, that'll slow down now. It'll pick back up once you know mid mid July, end of July, once we hit training camp uh, comes around. But it's always fun again, you know, talking NFL football and especially talking about the Raiders. You know what you just talked about with NIL. It's going to be one of the interesting things in college football to see how coaches will deal with. Um, you know, basically publicized salaried athletes on the roster where other guys aren't getting the same thing. And in a way, it's it's kind of like the pros, and it's kind of like what's going on with the Raiders. We were just talking about, um, you know, the relationship developing between Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones, and we just heard a Hunter Renfro highlight on the way back. And, you know, Hunter's now got to deal with the fact that, Hey, Devontae Adams is going to help him a lot, but he also knows Devontae Adams is making 20, $29 million a year. I just I find the blending of athletes and you know the fact that we know salaries, they know salaries, to be fascinating in terms of keeping chemistry going in a good direction. Yeah, you know, and look, and for me, being a pro is being a pro. I think it's a little different than being a college student athlete where you're an 18- to 22-year-old kid, right? We live in a world in the NFL these days where some guys are bigger than the game, and rightfully so in the NFL. I don't think that's the direction you want to go when it comes to college football, when you're giving an 18- or 22-year-old kid a million dollars, $2 million to come play for your school, come play for university, when in reality, guys, that, that kid hasn't done anything yet, right? We've seen four-star, five-star recruits countless times show up to schools and not perform well, not do anything, We've seen recently a kid, number one player in the country, go to Ohio State, collect paychecks, never play, and now he's transferred back home to, to the University of Texas. You know, interesting news. And then I'll mention the Raiders here, though. As Ryan Day had mentioned, you know, we're talking about the NIL. He wanted to put a number on the NIL. He said the Ohio State Buckeyes need $13 million to keep their roster intact. You know, and that's just that's insane to me when we're talking about college football, talking about college student-athletes. It should be more about – Here's what we can do for you at Ohio State. 
yeah, maybe you can make some money down the road. But guess what? You can earn a degree. Um, and also, we're going to compete for Big Ten title in college football uh, playoff appearance potentially year in and year out. So as a player and as a recruit, are you chasing money or are you chasing wins? And, you know, uh, when I was in the NFL, I mean, you understand guys get paid, right? You know it. Everybody has a different salary. But it never took away from what you were trying to do or what you were trying to accomplish as a pro athlete. And that was for a majority of the guys like myself, you know, make the 53-man roster, right? Do your job, know your role, um, get better each and every day. There was no room for error. This is the pros. You're either going to be there or you're not going to be there. You're either going to do what's required or you're not. And if you don't want to do it, then they're going to go find someone else. They're going to go get someone else. And if I'm a guy like you mentioned Hunter Renfro, if I'm Hunter Renfro, I'm happy. I've gotten Devontae Adams, and I've gotten Demarcus Robinson now from Kansas City to join me. That's going to create more opportunities for me to get catches, more opportunities for me to get the fo- for me to get the football. So, I'm him, I'm, I'm excited about having arguably the best wide receiver in the game today. I feel like the NFL has also changed with the seriousness of it being a year-round sport because we see um, a very highly attended. Uh, OTA sessions here from the Raiders with a new coaching staff. I mean, this it really is vital that most of the guys are around as you're getting used to a new staff and on offense, well, on defense too, but on offense, you're installing a new offense. You need all the time you can get. You need reps. That's what that's what it's about right now is reps, reps, reps. The more you can get, uh, the more crucial, the more beneficial it is. The more things you can just get on tape. You know, uh, Right now, you have to think Josh McDaniels and company, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink, you know, at, at this team right now and at this offense right now and seeing what sticks. What are we good at right now? What aren't we good at? What plays look good? What concepts look good? What ones do we need work on? You know, when we finish up OTAs, we finish up mini camp here. Let's go into the summer and let's head into training camp with a pretty good idea of what our base package could be. And then let's continue to build off that. Let's slowly implement the things we struggled with throughout spring, uh, throughout OTAs, and throughout mini camp. Let's try to get better at that. But you know, that's what this is for. It's for reps. It's for making mistakes. It's for figuring out where you're good and where your improvement. And for a guy like D.C. and Devontae, Demarcus Robinson, and the rest of those new additions to the offense, it's just about having the feeling of what a guy can do, what a guy's capable of doing, what, his, what are his strengths are, and what can we carry into the summer to focus on getting better at when, when, you, have, when you have those six, six-and-a-half weeks off. So that once, boom, training camp um, – comes around you can hit the ground running and there is no wasting day one day two day three just to get your feet under you because you've already done that over those six six and a half weeks you had off in the summer matt mcguire's with us matt what's it like mentally when you know the line in front of you is a bit unsettled and you know nothing is set here really even on the you know the right side at right guard and right tackle yet yeah no i mean it it is what it is and that's not you know as a quarterback you, you do your best to to rally those guys, support those guys, trust those guys. They have a job to do, and they're going to do it to the best of their ability. Now, understand not, there's a difference between that and there's a difference between understanding where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. I may need to slide a protection. I may need to change protection. I may need to keep a back and a chip. I may need to keep a, keep a tight end in in certain situations just to give myself that extra, extra second, extra second and a half to stand in the pocket and deliver the football down the field. But uh, you know, your job as a quarterback, again, is to motivate, to trust those guys, to believe in those guys, to pick those guys up because you're only going to be as strong as an offensive line is. Yeah, I love the, the terminology used there. Um, you know, the, Basically, the cohesion between the line and the quarterback and the, 
the slide, the protection. Like if, if, if you're not all on the same page, that could be disastrous. There, there's no room. There, 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 there can't be any gray area. And that's the way that, you know, I've always tried to operate when I play the quarterback position. I know that's the way Derek operates, right? That there is no gray. All 11 players need to understand what they're all doing. We all need to be on the same page, play in and play out day in and day out, week in and week out, right? There, there's, training camp looks like it's this big, long journey, but it flies by. Days go by very fast. There's only a certain amount of time for you to get better, for you to figure it out, for you to be able to understand how to communicate with one another so you can get the best out of each other, so you can play off each other. And, you know, when you have issues at the offensive line, right now is a crucial time for those guys to play with one another, get reps with one another, learn how to play with one another against so you can carry that in the training camp and, and you can really get rolling. Yeah, Derek Carr is a really interesting guy and you know him you know, much better than we do. And we're talking to Matt McGloin who played for the Raiders because you know, there are, there are fans out there as media people who have heard Derek say before that he, he doesn't want to go anywhere else. He wants to play for the Raiders. And I got to tell you when a lot of quarterbacks are getting massive guaranteed money for Derek to get a nice deal, but you know, not all of it's guaranteed. We have an era now where guys are getting 100 million, 200 million, 250 million in the case of Deshaun Watson. I thought it said a lot with Derek that he made a commitment to the organization, and he really is not guaranteed much beyond a year or two. Uh, well, I mean, he, well, he's got to win. He knows he has to win. You know, and he yeah. wants to win. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's certainly in a position now where he's kind of got this fresh start with a guy like Josh McDaniels, right? Again, we mentioned Devontae Adams. They bring him in. Don't forget about Demarcus Robinson. Either. I was in Kansas City when Demarcus Robinson was a wide receiver then. I think he gets forgotten a little bit about because of you know, having they had Tyreek Hill there, had Travis Kelsey there. You know, he kind of got lost in the mix a little bit. But this is a talented guy who can come who can come in and, and step in and deliver um, you know immediately for you. Um, you know, so he certainly has a lot of weapons. You know, I mean, look, this is you know you mentioned not wanting to leave. I didn't want to leave the Raiders. <laughs> you know, after after my four years were up, I mean, this is the place where, you know, it just it felt like home. You know, and I was very fortunate to play at Penn State, a school where I spent five years there. It felt like home. And then playing for the Raiders, it was just a perfect fit. It's a fantastic organization. There's great people inside of that facility. You know, they bring in Raiders-type players year in and year out, and it's just it's a team and it's an organization that you have absolutely no problem dedicating yourself to and committing yourself to. And Derek has done that since he stepped in this league in 2014. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's over 31,000 passing yards and 193 touchdowns. Um, and has been a leader. He's been a captain. He's been the face of that organization for years and years. So everything he gets, he deserves. Um, I mean, there, nobody is more of a Raider you know, than this guy is. And I wish him all the best. And I enjoy watching him week in and week out. I love to get in the players' minds, uh, or I would love to to talk about the division and and what they would say off the record. Because you know, there's so many of us in the media who are like, "Oh my God, this division is unbelievable." I mean, maybe the Raiders can only be the the fourth best team. Talk about motivation and kind of sizing up what's around you, and you know what could be an incredibly tough battle because every organization right now in this division is freaking sky high. They're all trying to add. I mean, it's tough. It's been like and it's been like that. It was it's been, it was it was like that from 2013 through 2016. You know when when I was playing back there, and it hasn't changed. So it, I mean, you can make the argument you know, argument that there's other divisions that 
are better other divisions that are more competitive. But the, there's nothing like playing in the AFC West, right? Having the opportunity as a Raider to, to, to go play Denver, right? To go on the road and play an arrowhead, right? To play the Chargers, right? I mean, it, it, that, that, that's some of the best football you're going to see. It's some of the most competitive, tough games you're going to be a part of. Um, and, I mean, to have those quarterbacks now kind of be able to, to lead the way, you know, and, and, and lead these teams and lead that division, man, it's, it, 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 it's, it's impressive. It, it really is. Matt McGloin's with us. Are, are we going to find – this sounds crazy, but are we going to find out that Patrick Mahomes maybe was a little bit overrated by how many times Tyreek Hill could turn a 10-yarder into a 50 or 60-yarder? <laughs> like, what? What's going to happen now that – because I, I think the guys they got actually are really talented guys, and it's always that great question. Does the receiver make the quarterback, or does the quarterback make the receiver? Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ha, you know having, having, again, having the chance to just – and this is back – I was there in 2018 in Kansas City, and that was, that was going into his first year as a starting quarterback now. Remember, 2018, he, he had sat for a year – behind Alex Smith, and he was the guy in 18. And even being there throughout OTA's minicamp preseason training camp, you, you, you watch the offense, you watch Mahomes, and you knew this wasn't going to be an 8-18. It was, it was either going to be a disaster or it was going to be what it is today. Um, that's how good this guy was at times. Um, you know, he's just he's a gamer, right? And everybody wants to talk about, the gifted right arm, the strength of the right arm, the being able to push the football down the field, be able to create plays. I mean, he's one of the smartest quarterbacks that I've ever been around, and he doesn't get enough credit for that, right? To be able to work with Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, um, Mike Kafka. I know Mike Kafka has moved on to be able to learn from Mike. Um, you know, since he since he stepped in the league, I mean, this guy is brilliant when it comes to playing the quarterback position. Be able to process the information, understand what he's looking at protection wise coverage wise just being able to manipulate defenders and use his eyes and throw in the windows i mean it's he is a step ahead of everybody else on that football field so so to answer your question i do not i do not envision a drop in production from patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs offense this year do you think russell wilson changes the broncos a lot you know i i i think he does um just his presence alone um in that locker room, in that stadium, each and every Sunday is, is going to is going to make a massive difference. I mean, this is a guy who knows how to work. He knows how to win. Um, he has experience. He's been he's played in some. Of, he's played in the biggest games that you can possibly play in. Uh, I think it's a completely different Denver Broncos team this year. Uh, the Chargers already had a pretty loaded offense, so they needed to add on defense. Listen, you were around Khalil Mack, and he's a little bit older now. But tell us what Khalil Mack brings uh, on the field, but more importantly, off the field to the Chargers. Yeah, I, 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 everything you want in a football player. Um, fantastic person. Obviously, he's a great player. Um, you know, a guy you want on your team, a guy you want leading your team, a guy you want leading your defense. And I, I don't care if he's a few years older now. He can dominate at any point in time that he wants so i mean this is a huge pickup for the chargers i know you know you have to assume that you know he's, he's anxious to play against the raiders you know, i know him and Derek are good friends so, so i'm sure he's got that that game circled on his calendar 
Last one, let's close on some college football where we started, and we're talking to Matt McGloin, of course, former Raider quarterback. Penn State is doing a Sirius XM on the ESPNU channel, also the Big Ten channel. Uh, we're watching the SEC try to kind of haggle through what they're going to do in future scheduling. Do they want to play eight conference games? Do they want to play nine conference games? In the Big Ten, what do you think they should do? Should they be playing eight, nine, or ten games, and should they have pods? Because they're getting rid of the divisions, which, by the way, I'm sure yeah. as a Penn State guy, uh, enough of having to play freaking Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State every year. But what do you think is best for a Power 5 conference like the Big Ten, eight, nine, or ten conference games? You know, I think nine is probably where you need to be. Um, you know, and look, I know, again, there's a lot of talk about splitting up the, splitting up the divisions and, and things like that. But let me tell you something. With this NIL, with this transfer portal going on right now, they have a lot more problems than splitting up these divisions. Um, the, 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 they just do the transfer portal is getting out of hand. NIL, in my opinion, is, is getting, it's, it's a free for all right now. Um, in college football, I mean, there, there's, there's coaching contracts are what they are. You're seeing guys getting $75 million over 10 years. And, you know, for me, the long-term contracts that these athletic directors are giving coaches these days, I don't understand. I'm missing the point, guys, where you're trying to build and prep for the future because you need to win now. I couldn't care less about what two, three, four years from the road could potentially look like because we're losing. You're losing games now. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like, what's the recruiting pitch? Hey, our coach, we just got our coach locked down for 10 years, a $100 million deal. You know, he, he's going to be here. He could be here for the duration of your career. It's going to be the same atmosphere. Maybe it'll be the same playbook, though, because assistants, as we know in college, are always looking for the next jobs. Um, well, a player can simply say now, okay, yeah, well, I'm going to take the money you're offering me because, remember, there's no contracts. You get a scholarship. There's no contracts here in college football. So maybe I'll come collect my money for one year, and if I don't like it, I'm just going to bounce and go somewhere else without any problems because there is no threat of sitting out a year now in college football. I can just go play somewhere. So, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're talking about splitting up divisions, but they got a lot more problems on their hands with this transfer court and NIL. And, I mean, uh, unless somebody steps up and fixes it, I, I, I don't see this these issues being resolved anytime soon. Matt, you're awesome, man. Really, really good spot, and uh, glad you did it on short notice. Thank you so much. A anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. There he is. Matt McGloin, former quarterback with the Raiders, was put in some really important spots uh, a few years back now, and now he's uh, really breaking through in the media. Coming up, we're going to grab bag, and we'll find out what uh, Bryson Stott did in the Phillies game as uh, he got a long ball. He finally did it. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. And a high fly ball to deep right field. Ward is going back toward the scoreboard. Gone! First Major League home run for Bryson Stott. It's a towering three-run homer. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Bryson Stott, Bryson Stott, Bryson Stott, UNLV, hometown hero with the home run there. Call courtesy of Phillies TV and Tom McCarthy. That's cool. That's a cool moment. On the third year anniversary that he was drafted, I've already tested, te wow. texted his mom, Shannon, and said, okay, you can stop crying now. Awesome. She said, I did. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You were funny yesterday in the Raiders press conference. You start talking to Chandler Jones. I don't know what restaurant or 
burger. Well, I don't know what this is. Fire this. You, know, you come from a small town. I visited Binghamton and Endicott area. It's known for Speedy Fest, Orchard Parks. Yeah. Uh, does that small town help you sit, sort of stay focused on your love for the game, but also keep that humble side of you? It's funny that you brought up Speedies because I made Speedies the other day, chicken Speedies. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were known for our chicken Speedies. Lupo's? Yes, Lupo's chicken Speedies. But um, I, uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just got off the <laughs> Dude, you threw them off. How do you know about Speedies? What are they? Speedies are basically, it's, it's, it's almost like the same size of a shish kebab. So chicken chunks or beef or pork. Oh, really? But it's marinade. It, it's a special marinade. There's there's specific. There's the Speedy Pit. There's Lupo's up in Binghamton. Oh, wow. And you marinate them for two, three days. You stick them on a skewer. You grill them. And the only way to eat it is you take a hoagie roll. You stick it in there. You pull it back and you eat it as is. Well, he was totally down with it. They're ridiculously good. This guy has a way to connect with the players, man. You just yeah. talk food. Yeah, sure. They're all in to do it they're all in all right congrats to bryson stott that was awesome thanks to battleborn injury lawyers for housing us on a friday five seven oh nine thousand is the number call matt hoffman or justin watkins have a great weekend